Hey, it's Ashley Nicole. I appreciate y'all for listening and hopefully you're all getting your, keeping your cheeses on your crackers. I'm dropping in on this episode to give you some goodies. Have you been wanting to get into the podcast game and don't know where to start? I got you. I have answers. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor has everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Let me say it again um, in case you missed it. Everything that you need to make a podcast is conveniently in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Free 99, zero dollars, zero cents. So go ahead and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. I can't wait to listen to your podcast too. Welcome to, to this episode of Getting My Cheese Back on the Cracker. I am Ashley Nicole. And I'm Paige Benjamin. And in this episode of Mental Health in Black America series of Cheese on the Cracker, we're focusing on conversations that allow us to speak openly and honestly about the topic that is very important to our community. Let's meet our panelists. Let's start with Nick. Peace, what's going on? Nick Pratt. Uh, I'm a rapper. I don't know what else to say. Like I, I do other stuff too. I work with the youth and everything. But um, if you met me or if you know me, this is probably the primary function is that I be rapping sometimes. Well, we're happy to have you here. Um, next week. All right, San. Oh, how you doing? I'm Sandy Le Manzini. Um, graduate of Rutgers, uh, Center University with psychology, minor in sociology, and I uh, got my master's at Rutgers from uh, social work. I work with youth uh, from different different programs from Edison Job Corps uh, to Rutgers to uh, currently I'm um, a program manager at Raritan Valley Community College. Awesome. Chiz? Ah, what's up, everybody? My name is John, also known as Chiz. I'm the CEO and founder of Coach and Focus. Feels good to be here today. Thank you. Glad to have y'all. And last but not least, Devin. What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Devin White. I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, graduate of Morehouse College and graduate of Rutgers University with my master's in social work, working with adolescent youth, uh, advocate for African-American families. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So during this, this during this conversation, we will discuss about what mental health means in the black in black America and how it affects our community. Considering the repeated attacks on the individuals in our community and the current climate of civil unrest and the pandemic. What does being Black in America mean to you? How do you feel it relates to our current mental state as a community? Uh, I'll, I'll send this over to, to Nick. That's a great question. Uh, it's, it's hard. I, I mean, I think about being Black in America every day. Um, I mean, I stopped saying the Pledge of Allegiance in third grade. I stopped singing the National Anthem shortly thereafter. Like, um, I, I just feel like a person sometimes. I sometimes feel like a person in this country. 
um, I definitely don't really feel like a citizen here, you know, with the exception of the fact that I have not yet been convicted of a felony. So they'll let me vote and own a firearm. Right. Like outside of that, though, like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I'm having an experience here. And, and so in the midst of this pandemic and these, uh, you know, uh, race riots, if you will, the, the, the beginning of what might be a race war. And look, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I consider the fact that, that like everything that's going on um, in opposition of us or in opposition of good health still keeps us exactly where I feel like we've been, you know, um, civil rights movement was some progress. And I mean, I don't feel like we've fully gotten out of that. We don't even have a voting rights act at the time that we're having this conversation, right? Like, um, we are not protected or valued here, but I never really felt like we were. Um, I think we have a little bit more attention right now in the media, well, had a little bit more attention in the media, and more consideration from big corporations because we started finally exercising our buying powers and stuff like that. But overall, it has been, it has been tough to, to rationalize continuing to be a Black person in America. Uh, and, and how is that, um, you know, over time, that leads to a series of traumas, right? Um, I mean, we went to school together. Um, you had a couple run-ins, you know what I mean? Um, in addition to the fact that your your father is in the police force as well, right? Thanks for putting me out like that. I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, we're just we're just I, you know based you may, on what you had. Right. It's kind of molded your mindset on things. Um, I mean, absolutely. I, I, and I, I, I jokingly say that, but this is something that I don't openly share with people um, because it's dangerous. It's dangerous for him. It's also dangerous for me. Right. Um, in on two different sides, folks who don't really love police. Right. Or uh, folks who would want to attack me for other reasons for that. Right. And I mean, my father being a, a black police officer has been hard because I've seen my father be uh, mistreated by police officers the whole time he's had a badge, both the ones that he works with and the ones that have stopped him in traffic, and et cetera, right? You talk about me having a couple of experiences. The first major experience was me getting my ass beat by the police on campus before that was the type of thing that made news, right? Like. Um, it is a it is a, a, a traumatic life. Um, I think for my pops um, and me, kind of rationalizing a little bit of that, it's it's a little bit easier because he's not like a beat cop, right? Like he doesn't work in the streets. He works at an airport, and so at an airport, he's mostly policing um, uh, warehouses. Um, but he's still suffering the same type of white power problems. Um, as if he was out in some country town, you know what I'm saying? He's at one of the biggest airports in the nation. He shouldn't be having these types of issues, in my opinion, right? Uh, but he's getting treated the same way I'm getting treated outside at his job, you know? Um, so I'm, there's there's nothing really that makes me feel like, um, you know, this uh, police force, if you will, these, these folks with these badges and these guns are... Uh, have my best interests or, or yours at heart. Um, it is harder for them to prove that to me. And I think to most black people in America, 
you know what I'm saying? Uh, and it definitely hasn't made this experience uh, easy or this life, right? Like, there's no way to get around that. I mean, so I started off by saying, you know, one of my favorite quotes that comes from James Baldwin, you know, um, to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious, you know, is to be in a constant state of rage at all times. So, I mean, I like to consider myself informed. I like to consider the people that are in my circle informed as well. So when you see the different things that are transpiring all around the country, you always ask yourself why. Um, and because it's a history of it. Um, so you always question yourself. You, you, you question the things that happen, you know, to your people. So it does affect you mentally. It affects you emotionally. Um, and at times it can affect you physically too. So being black in America can be very hard at times. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely about being able to juggle multiple different things if it's not you know how you're treated in your workplace depending on who your employer is um how you're treated potentially walking down the street looking over your shoulder because you don't know if a police officer or maybe you know even a random white person when we speak about like in a mall albury situation may not be comfortable with you being in their space um it's it's, it's hard it's hard to be black in america um so the when we talk about the mental aspect of it it's just about trying to survive at times. Um, so that that's what I'll say about that. You're muted. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. shit. <laughs> no, not you. You're good, Sam. You're good. Oh. <laughs> uh, Sandow. Am I saying that right, Sandow? You're Can muted, Sam. You uh... <laughs> Sam My name is Sam Yeah, so... Um, to go with both brothers, um, you know, what Chiz said with the quote, you know, that's something um, that uh, I, I went and bought uh, Chiz's shirt because that, that's my that's one of my favorite uh, quotes because um, it, it's true. That's uh, you know, I just did a um, um, uh, interview with um, this tech company uh, who's trying to uh, improve uh, their company as well in regards to uh, um, you know inclusion and things like that uh and, and, and having the same kind of discussion and you know it's always being informed doing what you um um you know trying to inform people and i've been looking at old facebook posts and you know i've been saying this uh the stuff that we've been going through for for years now uh to go off with nick was saying i stopped um it took me a little longer but i stopped you know um uh saying the pledge of allegiance you know after high school as well um uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a big uh, black dude, so it's kind of, you know, walking down the street. I, I always got, you know, it's it's, it's crazy. That I feel like I always gotta uh, have a smile on my face because you know somebody think I'm threatening or something like that. Uh, I'm I'm a pretty cool person, but you know, it's it's that it's in the back of the mind when you, when you deal with people. Um, you know, you don't consider your mental with when it comes to this kind of stuff. You always gotta be, um, um, you know. Uh, a hot, happy person, even when you're not, you know, things going on at home, but you got to, you know, be happy and everything like that. So that, you know, you don't, uh, people don't feel threatened or, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, your, your demeanor isn't, isn't off-putting. So, you know, that's, that's a strain on, on, uh, on black people and, you know, as black men and stuff like that. So, um, 
you know, it's just constantly being informed, constantly informing others, trying to make sure you uh, get everybody else informed as well. That's a constant struggle. Um, you know, to go with Nixon, I, I, my, my, my younger brother is a police officer uh, in one of the biggest townships in, in, uh, in New Jersey. So, um, you know, I have tried to have conversations with him and, you know, he goes through things as a, as a black person in the police police force as well. So, um, um, you know, me and him, me, we've, we've always been a family of, uh, you know, um, conscious of what things are going on in the streets and, and everything, uh, and going on in the world, you know, being, um, uh, we, you know, we're born here, but, you know, we got family in South Africa. So, you know, we, we incorporate all of this uh, into our daily lives. So that's so, just my So my question to you about the cultural inclusion and cultural bias, do you feel as though that that's something that's going to help improve things over time? Um, wait, say that again one more time. So do you think um, uh, cultural bias or inclusion um, trainings or conversations with these corporations. Do you think that's going to help the the situation or? So, so my conversation with them was how could they improve? And you know, as a tech company, um, I think it's important for one of the things I mentioned that I think it's important for them is to have uh, interns that are black. Um, make sure that they so that you know they're giving exposure to kids that probably couldn't get into these companies. Um, Work. Uh, I told them that you know one of the main things I believe that you should do is going back to these high schools um, to set up um, uh, forums to discuss what you do to exp- to expose. Because one of the things I did at Rutgers was uh, exposing kids to to uh, the field of of medicine. So you know I had uh, doctors, nurses, uh, psychologists come in to speak with them every week. So one of the things I believe that you know these companies should do is to have um, to, to if, if they want to, you know, have the inclusion type dialogue, uh, they need to make sure that they're, they're practicing what they preach. So going back to these high schools, uh, providing scholarships for kids uh, to go to go to school, to, to go to these tech firms, um, to, to learn about tech, um, to, um, you know, have interns from uh, all over, um, trying to get school uh, kids from HBCUs as well. Um, those are the things I, I spoke with them about as well. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, now, Devin? So, like, everyone pretty much said it, right? I really like the, the Baldwin quote, right? Because that really kind of just sums it up to, like, have some kind of consciousness. Like, you're you're going to be upset about what's going on, right? Um, like, just to bring some, because I know you guys like me to bring some bring some stats to the to the jaunt. So, um, the Washington uh, Post just actually uh, did a, released an article. Um, so, with everything going on, uh, it doesn't really say, like, the exact, uh, like, who, who conducted the study. But essentially, you know, because of COVID, because of everything else going on, uh, Americans have already been having, like, depressive and then anxiety related symptoms. Um, and based on the study that was uh, in this article, it says that around the time of the George Floyd uh, video that was circulating around depression, depressive symptoms and anxiety symptoms for African-Americans shot up um, to upward. So I think the, the baseline before 
was maybe like 24%. And then it shot up to like 34%, something, something, something along those lines, um, which is essentially around like, um, like a million uh, people increase in terms of like experience symptoms, like around um, seeing the video um, and the subsequent uh, things that were going on. Saying all that to say, like it's a constant battle, right? Since 1619, black folks have been traumatized being here, right? Being ripped from their home country, from our home country, right? And you know, spread spread out across the world um, to being brought to these shores, and there's always been something uh, since then. So, so constant state of trauma um, that we're just keep working, keep working, and keep fighting to to beat. Um, so it's always like a a, a beautiful struggle, um, always a beautiful struggle because out of this struggle, so many beautiful things have come of it. Um, but yeah. I'll, I'll say that. Hey, those are some great points, y'all. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, Ashley? Yeah, I...